Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news, and your views. Alan Corcoran. January, traditionally a time of year for our New Year's resolutions, reviewing the finances, making plans for the future. You want to remind people of the importance of having a will and that the New Year is a great time to write it. Who better to do this than John Murphy from Johnny Sidden and Co Solicitors? Good morning to you, John, and Happy New Year to you. And to you, Alan. Yeah, it's a while since we spoke. Yeah, um, we're always very busy here in the office this time of the year with people coming to make their wills and discuss inheritance and things like that. And, you know, everybody's situation is different, but there are certain tips that I think would assist in most situations. Okay, so to, to make your will for today's circumstances then, not based on a prediction of what your circumstances will be if you live to 90 years of age, or that we've just heard, I've just mentioned a man there on the front page of the paper this week, 103, fair play to him. Oh, fantastic, yeah. Um, I know that man, and I haven't seen him for years, and fantastic to see that he's hale and hearty. I think that was the picture of him in Eddie Mackins in Wexford, wasn't it? It is indeed, yeah. Yeah, yeah fantastic. Um, I actually went to school with his son, would you believe? Did you? Um, yeah. I did, I did. So it's it's uh, an interesting connection. But this thing about making your will for today's circumstances and not based on your prediction of what you might, what your circumstances might be when you're 90. I had a chat the other day, only just the other day, with a lady in her early 40s, no children, thinking about her nieces and nephews, and she said, that, she said, has really struck a chord with me because what I was thinking about was what are they going to be doing when I'm 70 or 80 or please God, 90. And she said, I suddenly realized, no, I should make the will for today. Because when you're making a will, uh, you've got to imagine that uh, it might come into effect tomorrow. In other words, if you kick the bucket uh, today, um, your will is active from tomorrow. So you should be making it for today's circumstances right. and not trying, to, not trying to figure out what's going to happen in 30 or 40 years' time. So do you need to amend it regularly then, John? You do, and that doesn't mean that you're should be amending it um, every six months or every year. It just means that you need to, you know, reassess your circumstances every couple of years, maybe. Or if some major event happens in your life that changes things, yeah. well, that's time to have a look and to make changes. All right. You say think about the needs rather the obligations when dividing your assets. What do you mean by that? Well, us parents are all inclined to uh, want to treat our children equally. Now, I've often said here that if businesses or if business owners or farmers uh, treated all their children equally, there wouldn't be a farm or a business left in the country. You just can't divide everything um, always. So you've got to look at what has happened during the children's life as they grow up, what situation they're at, how are they fixed, um, you know, just look at those things and figure out, again, keeping in mind, I'm making this will now, what would happen if I'm gone tomorrow and this will comes into effect? Is my main person who's running the business going to suddenly find out that he's no longer in charge of the business and it's split four ways? That doesn't make any sense. Uh, can I? Is there enough in the pot to make provision for everybody in some kind of a way? Or am I, like an awful lot of people, in a situation where one person in the family is running the business and the other three have all done well, got their education, and they're now you know, running their own lives? Could I leave them something? Um, uh, is there enough there to do that? So it's just got to be a sensible and commercial decision and you've got to resist that temptation that parents have to try to treat all their children equally. Right, it could lead to division amongst them if you don't, though, couldn't it? 
It, it, well, it could, but it all depends on, you know, I, I'm not a great believer in people having committee meetings with regard to what they're going to do with their assets, having committee meetings with their adult children. Um, it rarely works. There are some families um, that work it very well, but it's rare. And really, it is the parents' decision. Uh, it's their asset. Yeah. Or, you know, it, it, it's your asset, and you've got to decide what is the most sensible divide? And provided you work it out carefully, yeah. yes, you might you might have somebody feeling a bit bitter afterwards, but do they have a legal case? Probably not, if it's probably worked out. Where does the solicitor come into play then in all of this? The well, use of a solicitor? Yeah, we're all aware of um, uh, the availability of online wills, or you can go into sometimes a bookshop and buy a will pack. Uh, I've seen them go wrong many times. Uh, there are basic things about wills, about witnessing, um, um, all the witnesses being together, simple stuff like that. And if you do it the wrong way, it's just not a valid will. Um, there are also tax considerations, all the things I've spoken about already, about uh, considering all the people who might expect to benefit from your assets. Those things have to be considered and documented to avoid trouble afterwards. Right. So I, I think it's money well spent. If you look at the assets that people, the value of the assets that people are making wills about, the cost of a will itself is really pretty insignificant compared to those assets. When you also emphasize the importance to understand the inheritance consequence of marriage breakdown, that could be a, a section to discuss in detail, but it just to, to, at a later date. But for the moment, can you give us a summary mm. of what this means? Well, uh, funny enough, Alan, I just finished reading a book that uh, they gave me a present of here in the office. It was all about Charlie Hawhey's life, and it was in the 60s when Charlie Hawhey was Minister for Justice. Um, he argued that the right to disinherit your spouse was unacceptable, and I don't think anybody would disagree with that. That's where the Succession Act came from in 1965, and under that piece of legislation... Uh, first of all, if somebody dies without a will, then the spouse is entitled to two-thirds and the children are entitled to the other one-third. Then if a spouse dies making a will and tries to disinherit the other spouse, the other spouse has an automatic right to one-third of the estate, to all of the estate, indeed, if there's, if there's nobody else, but uh, at least one-third of the estate if there are children and half the estate if there are no children. So there are rules there um, to protect people in the event of um, right. a spouse dying. Uh, the the consideration of the tax implications of inheritance. You you have sent me a box, a little box there with all these listed. Uh, group A, B, and C. What are they, John? Well, uh, group Group A is the uh, parent to child, so a child can inherit three hundred and thirty-five thousand worth of property from a parent. Now, if you were talking about a business or a farm, there is a thing called business relief or uh, agricultural relief, which means that the value can be much higher than that because it gets an agricultural or a business discount. Um, otherwise, again, there'd be no business left in the country. But for non-business and non-farming assets, uh, 335,000 is the limit that a parent can leave to a child. Um, group B, then, is um, getting stuff from your brother, sister, aunt or uncle. Um, the threshold is much lower. It's 32,500. And then if you're a stranger, if you make a will tomorrow, Alan, and leave me any more than €16,250, I have to pay 33% on the balance. Mm -hmm. So anything over those limits is subject to tax at 33%. So something that needs to be looked at carefully um, if you're leaving assets to anybody. You've got to consider what are they likely to lose tax-wise out of what you're leaving them. Right. And very simple example, uh, if, 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 for instance, you were leaving something to a daughter and the daughter has children 
and you realise that the asset you're leaving the daughter is over the 335,000, it might make sense to leave a piece to her husband and to her children and in that way avoid paying tax. Okay, I've got a number of questions for you, John, that I'm going to flick through now in just a second because I have a professor waiting to talk to me in a little while as well about uh, longer life, which we, you and I have just been talking about. And I don't want to, mm-hmm. to, to avoid the opportunity of speaking to Professor uh, Rose in just a few moments' time. You want to look yeah. at uh, your non-financial wishes and considering the enduring power of attorney. Can you take those two areas for me, please? Yes. Well, for instance, if you have a young family, uh, you've got to decide who's going to look after your children, who you're going to nominate as guardians or trustees to look after property until they grow up. That's something that's very important. And again, usually rather than trying to think of the most wonderful person in the world, the obvious question to ask is who'd be first down to the house if myself and my wife didn't turn up this evening because we had a very bad accident. So often it's an obvious aunt or uncle, but you need to choose who would be in charge if some disaster like that happens. Um, Also, people are concerned nowadays about their digital assets, about their various accounts, social media accounts. What notes should they leave for their executors about that? Or what should they write addressed to the company itself to say that they want their account shut down in the event of their death and notification by their executors? So things like that. Security codes, etc. Have you, you know, do you have a note of those? Will your executors that you've named in the will, will they be able to access your accounts right. to shut them down or do whatever else is necessary? Right. And the power of attorney? The enduring power of attorney is an interesting one. Yeah, that was introduced into Irish law in 1996. And basically, it's um, will work. Will only works from the day you die. But let's say you don't die, but you have a bad accident or with longer life now, you get into Alzheimer's territory and you're not, you don't have mental capacity to make decisions uh, about your own financial affairs. You need to now, while you're feeling well and while you're in good health, you need to put an enduring power of attorney in place to name an attorney. Now, an attorney is not like an American lawyer. An, an attorney is somebody you select maybe in your family, maybe outside your family, and you say, if I lose my marbles and I'm no longer capable and a doctor certifies that I've lost my mental capacity, I want Alan to be my attorney and to make financial decisions on my behalf. Uh, because, you know, I trust him, he's a good guy, and uh, that's what I want to put in place. So that's an enduring power of attorney, and we find nowadays we have people even in their 30s, 40s making enduring powers of attorney once they have property and usually once children come along. Uh, So it's just something that's often coupled with a will nowadays. Uh, There's a little bit more procedure to it, and we've got to get a doctor's certificate to say that you're sound now, but well worth looking at. All right, John, I'm going to give you some questions. If you will your house to your son and he is the sole benefactor, does he have to pay inheritance tax? He's my only child and he is not living with me. That comes from Anne. Yes, on anything over 335,000. All right, let me see what the next question is. The, the cost of making a will, I, I can't go into pricing, I'm not allowed to do so, but uh, yeah. is it, are we talking about a small amount? Are we talking about hundreds? Just a ballpark figure. It all depends on the time involved. For, for fairly simple wills, uh, you're probably talking about 200 plus VAT. Yeah. Um, that's my experience. But uh, if, there are, you know, if there are lots of beneficiaries, discussions about tax, different assets, obviously it depends on the time involved and, uh, you know, uh, it can vary. All right, I'm going through a marriage breakdown at the moment, just wondering, will the home and the assets be split equally? Thank you, that comes from a texter. No, there's no, um, there's a misconception about that, that assets would be split equally. What the law says, the 1996 Divorce Act says, is that the court 
should see to it that proper provision is made for the parties involved. So it all depends yeah. on the financial circumstances of each party involved. If a will was made and left to the wife and then the son after her death, property was then sold and the new property purchased, does this person need to make a new will or does the old will follow through? Uh, the old will would follow through, uh, provided there isn't a specific reference to the specific first property in the will. If it just says, I leave all my property to my wife for life and afterwards to my son, right. uh, then that might... Now, mind you, a wife can challenge that and say, actually, I don't want a life interest in it at all. I want my legal right share, and she can claim yeah. uh, one-third of the assets, including the family home. So not quite a simple answer to that. What happens when the executor reads out a will given to them by a solicitor, but then when it is queried by family, the solicitor says there was a more updated will and produces that will then? What happens then that comes from well, Mary? Well, that's unfortunate and upsetting for everybody, but if if the will that was read out is not the last will, then it's out the window. It's useless. The last will is the one that counts. Last will and testament, isn't that the statement, uh, John? It, it, on yeah. the top of every will, it says, this is my last will and testament, and I revoke any other... Uh, will that I've made. So the last one is the one that counts and it would only be in circumstances where somebody questions the last one, challenges it, and if a court knocks it down for some reason, then you'd go back and look at the second last one. I own half my home and I have a daughter who has not been in contact or wants contact with me. Can I leave my share of my home to who I want to? That comes in from Jane. If it's uh, jointly owned, let's say, with your spouse as what we call a joint tenancy, then no, the other person, your joint owner, inherits it's, it inherits it automatically on your death. Now, there are circumstances where you can break that joint tenancy and convert it into what we call a tenancy in common. And if you did that, yeah. then you could leave your then you could leave your half share. But um, sorry again, not quite a simple answer. And final question, John. Lots of questions. We may have to revisit this subject. Has a child from a previous relationship as much right to uh, the father's estate as children that they now live with? Yes. That's a straight answer. Yes. Yes. Okay, John. <laughs> Listen, stay well. Yes. I'm going to be talking to Professor Roseanne Kenny about how to live a longer life, which may be of interest to you and me. I'll, so, I'll certainly listen to that. Yes. We'll, we'll talk to you soon, and thanks for linking in with us again. Good morning Thank to you. Thank you, Alan. Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Chat, news, and your views.